Welcome to Bizarro Aficionado. Please, just try and relax. It will only hurt worse if you resist. Welcome to Bizarro Aficionado. This is season three, episode nine, the season finale. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, Happy Happy. And uh, it's almost, yeah, Dennis is here with me because if we're going to do a year review of the weird, got to have Dennis. Got to have me. That's right. So uh, yeah, we got, uh, we gathered up some really strange articles from throughout the year and of course, I haven't read a damn one of them, so it'll be another unveiling mystery for me as well. But yeah, I, didn't, I haven't covered much news at all this year because you know I was trying to have a successful podcast, but uh, then then everything kind of went to shit as it has for a lot of us out there, and got crazy and confused. And but I'm back on track now, and we'll have shows going back to every month now there shouldn't be a gap but i probably just jinx myself but uh, i thought we'd do a year of review and just read some of the really moronic and crazy shit that has happened this year and uh we all need a vacation because the news is depressing and uh that's what i'm here to do try and not depress you i can't do much about your depression but i can at least not make it worse but so <laughs> Dennis, how have I beg you been? To differ on that. I've known you for a long time. <laughs> oh Lord. It is a weird, weird world. What's with all the UFO stuff this yeah, year? Yeah, man. man, it's been a weird year of the UFO between the tic tac footage that and uh we covered that if you haven't heard it with Adam Go Rightly in an episode. Did you see the, the footage on TikTok of the tic tac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you turn the container upside down, you can get out just one Tic Tac with the lid. Oh, that's not the one you meant? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I saw that. Um, it's crazy. And then now NASA's bringing in theolo- theologians to, uh, I guess, come up with some sort of consensus as to what human reaction will be. Well, let me sum that up. There's, oh, wow, okay. Or, ah! and they go running yep. away. Or, yep. they're not aliens. Don't look up. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Oh, America's gotten so weird. So very weird. But uh, not quite as weird as one of my favorite stories from this year. The Thomas Kincaid Mandalorian collection. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm old. I'm fifty, uh, so those out there. But I remember when 
Kincaid paintings were everywhere in the thing. I hated those, hated those uh, damn things. They were the Yankee candle of art. Yep. So, it was like you know, every shitty motel you ever went to. <laughs> yeah. There was at least one in the lobby. There was at least one. And, you know, then every every Karen had to go get a Thomas Kincaid <laughs> is out there. So right before she spoke to your manager, she had just purchased her very own illuminated Thomas Kincaid painting. <laughs> so look him up if you've never seen his artwork and prepare for the nap of your life. Yeah, maybe don't. Yeah, maybe don't. But that's not all. Thomas Kincaid Studios has once again returned the Star Wars universe for another collection. Wait, did he do another one? Which we first learned about at IO9. However, this marks the studio's first works for The Mandalorian. Oh, I I again, nerded out a little bit when I looked at them. They're 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 not half bad. It's not something I would like put on my walls because I do want to have sex. In the future, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're cool. Uh, <laughs> the four limited edition pieces, all from artist Monty Moore. There's a name. That's right, Monty. <laughs> Iconic scenes from Disney Plus series. So there's one with, uh, you know, he's fighting that. Was it a bantha? No, it's not a bantha. What are the? What was that thing with the big horn? It was the thing with the big horn from the cave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got, too. Let's see if it actually tells us. That includes Child's Play, a serene, secretly sinister piece that shows... I have a secretly sinister piece, too. That shows an eager Grogu approaching an innocent frog in a pond. The Mudhorn. Oh, that's what it was. It's the Mudhorn. The Mudhorn. All right, then you got them flying around looking ridiculous. And then you got another one. This looks like something you would buy at the beach. And it'd be printed on vinyl and stretched over four corners. <laughs> and it'll be like and it'll be like $75. Paper advertising. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, these are awful. Again, all these will be in the show notes so you can go look and be disgusted too. But uh good golly. Ah, I, I thought we were done with Thomas Kincaid, but I guess this isn't really, this is just his studio. I thought it was actually going to be Thomas Kincaid paintings. So Yeah, this has to be like authorized by Disney, and I'm sure Disney's making a, a big portion of this because I can't see anybody actually like, you know, making any money off somebody else's stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure there's some kind of, uh, Disney doesn't do anything unless they make a trillion dollars. These things will probably end up being worth a boatload of money in the future, too. A buttload. And the word butt brings us to my next favorite article from this year. This one's from back in April. Tesla cars are responding to the butthole command. Have you heard about this one? I did. I read that article. So between Tesla and SpaceX, Elon Musk has big plans for mankind. I can tell you that. So some, some of those plans are going better than others. SpaceX has made incredible strides. It might one day lead to commercialized space travel for everyone. Yeah, right. I will never make enough money to get off this planet. <laughs> Unless someone wants me to start a Patreon and contribute to it, uh, just let me know. 
but Musk's much-hyped Hyperloop, the underground tunnel that was supposed to revolutionize travel here on Earth, recently debuted with a big old thud in Las Vegas. But when it comes to Tesla's signature cars, the results are far more mixed. Not because they don't work, though. Well, I mean, they do drive you into the occasional lake or off a bridge. And not because the planet isn't desperate for more electric cars. It's because the company felt it was important enough to waste time programming grade school jokes into them. I think that's fantastic. Because you can get certain components to open and close on Tesla by voice activating the car's buttholes. Twitter user Tesla Master shared a ridiculous discovery about Teslas, which we first learned about at Design Taxi. If you tell the car open butthole, it will unlatch the charging port saying close butthole reverses the command. Well, when wow. we become androids, at least we know where they're going to plug our chargers. Honest to Christ, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We still haven't cured cancer, but we got cars that that'll open their charging port when you say <laughs> butthole. <laughs> butthole. <laughs> butthole. I, what, what have we become? Butthole. <laughs> now, if you say bunghole instead, you know, then what happens? Oh, I guess it also, it does respond to bunghole. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like a bunghole or something. Yeah. I, oh, oh, wait. You can also lower the temperature in a Tesla by saying my balls are hot. Or turn on your seat warmers by saying my balls are cold. That's fucking brilliant, dude. Come on. Close butthole. My balls are cold. Can you imagine you're on your first date? She gets in the car. Okay, hold on. I was just charging. Close butthole and my balls are cold. There we go. That should keep you nice and warm, honey. Oh, my God. What's definitely funny is that these voice commands didn't make it into the company's official voice command video. Clearly, some people love these features. I would not change them for anything. <laughs> for anything. That is magnificent. Oh, my God. What is Did you hear about? Yeah, go ahead. The hybrid human monkey that we made? Oh, oh someone mentioned it at work. Um, for those who haven't listened before or knew, I, I work on a pot farm, so... Stuff like this comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah, scientists create created the first part human, part monkey embryo. First officially announced. So Bigfoot human, was actually trying. You know, they've been doing that shit since the 60s. They were traveling back in time. But, uh, yeah, all I can picture now is Charlton Heston going, you did it. You really finally did it. When he sees the Statue of Liberty? No. Yeah. Yeah. So is it going to go Planet of the Apes, or are we just going to finally have Sasquatch that we can see? I don't know, man. I have a feeling that we have uh, these new theme parks that are going to come out. You know, and you're going to be able to go see monkeys and Sasquatches and, you know, dinosaurs and all kinds of crazy shit that was extinct before. This, this is how right. we're going to end up destroying our civilization. Yeah, yeah. We'll create some crazy virus or something. <laughs> no doubt. It'll be yeah, the, already. where is it? I have to find it's in here somewhere. That 24,000 year old organism. Will you people stop that? 
We have enough going on. Stop thawing out organisms. Then you got then you got the rich people buying the uh, the stuff that isn't their art. Have you seen that? Oh, did you hear about the invisible statue? Yes, eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> for an invisible statue. It, what people don't know is I have an entire gallery of those. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. And I will let I them have all go. Warehouses filled yeah, with them for a fair price of twelve thousand dollars each. I have forty-seven. It is literally a white box taped onto the ground with a sign in front of it. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And there they it bought it for eighteen grand. The, the <sighs> artist says it it activates the imagination. It activates my anger. Cause I wasn't smart enough to come up with <laughs> God almighty. He's an Italian artist named Salvatore Gattaro and has sold his Buddha in contemplation, which he first heard about at Hyperbeast, that wouldn't be especially notable if not for the fact that the only thing worth contemplating about is how he managed to sell it at all. Because the invisible sculpture isn't real. You cannot see it. Displayed. There's a video on here. Again, go in the show notes. And there's a picture of what it's literally just a taped off square on like a, a cobble like ground. And that's it. That's it. But he called it Buddha in contemplation. And uh, he insists it does, in fact, exist. He says is made of air and spirit. Fucking hippies. They say they want to save the world, but all they do is smoke pot and smell bad. And it comes with strict guidelines for how it must be displayed. Taped to the ground. <laughs> that includes a private space with no obstructions that require either lighting or climate control. My balls are cold. Here's what he wrote about Somebody's his piece. Somebody's gonna get drunk and jump inside the square. Contemplate and they're gonna get arrested, yeah. and then some lawyer is gonna take the case and it's gonna go to the Supreme Court because he's gonna be charged for damaging the property that isn't actually there, jumping onto an invisible statue. Oh, but does it count as intellectual property? I don't know. Here's what the artist says: It is a work that asks you to activate the power of imagination. A power that anyone has, even those who don't think they have it, must. Just as music, song, or prayers help us to see what we do not see. So even a title, feeling, is enough to make us view and perceive an existence. It doesn't matter whether it is visible or not. This form generated by thought is here now, above the white square space, exactly 25 meters in front of the entrance to the Gallery d'Italia di Piazza del Tascala in Milano City, Italy. Silly. I, 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 we've had the Dark Ages, we've had the Age of Enlightenment, and now we have the Duh Ages. Yep. It's not the Dark Ages, it's the Duh Ages. Now it exists and it will remain in this space forever um, or until someone peels up the tape. I want to peel up the tape. If I was a rich man, I'd fly to Milano right now and peel up the tape. Here's Fuck you. <laughs> right. And then I'd smack him because he doesn't understand Buddhism. Oh, my God. Ah. Peel up the tape, roll it into a bomb, throw it up. Yeah, right. 
Oh, but it gets worse, Dennis. There's the iPhone X that doesn't make calls that sold for $86,000 on eBay. Dude, I, I heard about that when it was actually on eBay. Oh, really? It just amazed me. Yeah. Uh, it, it boggles the mind. $86,000. So it, it seems like it, it's all the rage these days to drop way too much money on NFTs because, I mean, who wouldn't want to shell out $500,000 for an image of the disaster girl meme stored on a digital ledger? Now, in another massively horrible investment with minimal returns, somebody has spent $86,000 and one penny. Oh, no, I'm sorry, $86,001 on an iPhone X that supports USB-C connectors. Although the USB-C iPhone doesn't actually work as a phone. The Verge, rep <laughs> the Verge reported on the USB-C iPhone X, which robotic engineering student Ken Polano created as a way to bring the fantasy gadget to market, at least as a prototype. For those unfamiliar, there is pent-up demand for an iPhone that support, supports USB-C because everyone's tired of your proprietary crap. An industry standard connector for transmitting both data and power on a single cable. And Apple only uh, offers its phone with its proprietary lightning connector because they're dicks. In the video below, again, it'll be in the show notes so you can go in there and hear what's going on. But uh, the iPhone can perform most tasks, but users can't make calls with it. The USB-C iPhone will also fail if someone attempts to update the operating system, which reminds us of regular iPhones. Oh, wait, wait, I have that. Hold on. No, 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 not that one. There it is. That's all I got on the iPhone. You still there? I'm here just laughing at the <laughs> irony of the wah, 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 wah playing as you accidentally played Hit the, the wrong, wrong button. I also have applause in case we need that. You know, but uh, not, not a single one of these articles have been applaud worthy, but the next one will be. Oh, the next one. Oh, boy. Oh, it's been a year, but David Hasselhoff is auctioning <laughs> Big Dave replica from SpongeBob. That's right, the Hoff. Where's Scott when we need him? David Hasselhoff auctioning Big Dave replica from SpongeBob. Yeah, I thought it was applause. <laughs> it's not applause. <laughs> we'll play the other one again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh... <laughs> He wasn't Peter Quill's real dad, but David Hasselhoff belongs to all of us. And now you can own a little piece of the Knight Rider and Baywatch star yourself. I assume Scott has already purchased this. The Hoff has joined in on an auction selling many items from his long career. But if you want Big Dave from SpongeBob SquarePants the movie, you're going to have to pay some pretty big bucks. On Saturday, January 23rd, diligent estate auctions and live auctioneers will put a 150-lot David Hasselhoff collection up for bid. The auction includes items both big and small, affordable and not, from the actor's decade-long career on stage and screen and in the recording booth. Oh, I try to forget that. 
Fans will have a chance to nab costume pieces, uh, <laughs> awards, scripts, photos, unique possessions the Hoff has accumulated over decades. I, it's nice to be famous. When I have to clear everything out, I have to call 1-800-JUNK. He just has an auction. Ah, oh, brother. Uh, like a signed surfboard, I assume, from Baywatch. And even lunch with the actor himself. I want to have lunch with the Hoff. <laughs> the collection also features a number of Holy Grail items for his most devoted and deep-pocketed fans. That includes his very own kit car from Knight yes. Rider. It is fully functional and features the brilliantly colorful illuminated dash and console. Knight Rider fans will recognize immediately that it is expected to go for a whopping one hundred and seventy-five to 300000 However, the right has already reached 375000 There you go. The iconic automobile is currently located in the UK. If it sells for a high enough price, David Hasselhoff will personally deliver it. If, though, like most people on the planet, you can't afford that, a kid's kit pedal car is expected to go from somewhere between four dollars to $500. I don't <laughs> think he actually drove it, though. Oh, that... Big David Hasselhoff thing is disturbing. Hasselhoff is also selling his 1961 Mercedes-Benz SL190. It's been in his family for over 40 years. Considering Germans love David Hasselhoff, it could be easily exceed its 60 to 90,000 listing price. How big is it? The Mercedes? The, the big day. Oh, uh, we're getting the, a 14-foot body surfing replica. It is it is the stuff of nightmares. It looks like it has real like hair and his mouth is open and it's big enough that like you could put your head in his mouth. And he's just <laughs> kind of like turned it into a drone. <laughs> I, uh, it's it's 14 feet. But I <laughs> God, I want that to be a drone. Oh. Fly it over Hasselhoff's house. <laughs> over and over Power again. It with solar panels. Until he comes out there and shoots it. <laughs> oh my God. It's expected to go for 750000 to $1.5 million for this 14 foot long David Hasselhoff laying down body surfing. I did, yeah, check it out in the show notes. It's uh, it's the stuff of nightmares, absolute, total nightmares. Ay ay ay. So what we got? It's been a weird year for science too. Science has gotten weird. I, I guess you know people got tired of trying to solve world problems and came up with sea worms with many butts, uh, oh, severed yeah. sea slug heads that can regrow its body and heart. That was actually kind of cool. Was it? We'll go that to that one. Glow-in-the-dark sharks in New Zealand. Science figures out the wombat cube poop. I remember that. And uh, pigs play and enjoy video games. I mean, it's a little harsh to call them that. But, yeah, you know, some guys, it doesn't work out, and they have to live in their mom's basement. So, you know, it happens. What, what about the pigs and mice that can breathe through their anus? Oh, I yeah, science. Oh no, that's science reconstructs dinosaur butthole. I was on the wrong butthole. Pigs and mice can breathe through their anus. There it is. Uh, recycled lotus ears. Let robots hear. And science makes Bigfoot. Oh, there's the human monkey embryo. Well, where should we go first? 
sea worm butts. So much to choose from. There's so much butt. There's dinosaur buttholes, um, mice and pigs that breathe through their butts, cube poop, and sea worm with many butts. And the severed sea slug head. Yes. It's pretty impressive that the slug can literally sever its body, take its head, and grow a new body elsewhere. (laughs) I'm taking my head and I'm going home. (laughs) So what does it do? It it, it severs its body itself? Or it just acts, you know, should it get severed, it can just stand up, pick up its its head. It severs its own head. To regrow an entirely new body, including hearts. Cancel this body. I'll grow me a new one. I'd like to do that. What happens, I guess, is it gets it gets infested with parasites. Oh, I don't want so, that. You know, oh, it should just go see Doctor Pole. All he needs is some ivermectin, and he's good to go. Yeah, yeah. We'll just worm him a couple of times, put him some antibiotics. <laughs> he's good. He'll be good. Just take him home. We'll worm him a couple of times. He'll be good. Just go see Doctor Pole. All right. It takes about 20 days, man, to grow its body. Wow. And how big are they? Uh, they're sea slugs, so they're kind of small. No. Oh, well, it's a big ocean, you know. I don't know if we're talking like 50-foot sea things or what. but Yeah, we're talking like McMurray package. Mc... <laughs> McMurray's a piece of shit. There's a video of it. Of McMurray's package? Yes. Oh. No, the slug severing its body and, oh, that's and growing a new one. Disturbing. I really need to check out that new season. All right. Yeah. Let me see. Where am I? Oh, Wait, um, you haven't watched the new season of Letter, can you? I don't have Hulu. Yes, you do. I have Hulu. Oh, we can't say that. Oh, we can't air, say can. that on there. Yeah. Yes. I will use your coupon, friend. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. So this weird sea worm that has many butts, plural. It literally says plural. This is from back in May. And it's 6.16 in the morning. Matthew Hart, way to get up and get to it, buddy. So while the force of life is breathtakingly beautiful, it also quite apparently doesn't mind getting really weird. So nowhere is this a fact more evident than in the ocean where creatures have transparent heads and UFO-like feeding postures, or in the case of Ramacillus multicodata endlessly branch their way through sea sponges, growing butts and popping out gonads with their own brains along the way. Me too, man. That may be the greatest sentence I have ever read. Growing (laughs) butts and popping out gonads with their own brains along the way. Who wrote this article? Hunter S. Thompson's Uh, Matthew Hart at 616 in the morning. Cheers, Matt. (laughs) An international team of researchers led by scientists at the University of Göttingen in Germany. It's always Germany. Germany is the Florida of science. And the University of Madrid in Spain, well, they must have been bored, recently performed an in-depth analysis of Ramsillus multicadata, a name that translates to many-tailed worm. The team published its finding in the Journal of Morphology, and again, these life forms are pure weirdness all around. Well, we like weird. So this critter, which researchers uh, first described in 2006, is native to a remote area of Darwin, Australia. And apparently Darwin is a coastal city in Australia's northern territory. So the worm species lives within the 
internal canals of sea sponges is nothing safe and spread extensively throughout their hosts. Yeesh. In the tweet below, evolutionary biologist and project researcher Guillermo Pons shows tiny worms, no Guillermo, vampire worms only, uh, shows tiny worms in action as they explore their host sponge. I want a host sponge. Hello. I am here. I'm reading the article. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, respond. You have one job. <laughs> in their study, which comes via Gizmodo, the researchers describe our multicadata as perfectly built for life inside of a sponge tunnel. <laughs> I miss the days of being down in the sponge tunnel, Dennis. But, but we just weren't perfectly made for life down in the sponge tunnel. Not for life, no, no. Brief moments before they cheated on us and lift. You, you know. have to look like a gnarled cactus, apparently. This is a fucked up looking well, I'm, organism. I'm 50, Dennis. I'm almost there. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> dividing continuously means these worms with many tails must divide their entire body when they branch, meaning that when it divides, when it divides, in turn divides all its internal organs accordingly. That's a fancy way to say, look, man, it duplicates itself. Therefore, many, many butts and gonads. So now we're getting to the gonads. This is like a their version of a human centipede right here. No, it kind of is. In fact, the posterior portions of the worm inevitably grow these sex glands. Once the worms themselves are of a certain length, the gonads develop in stolons, which are receptacles that carry either eggs or sperm. I actually know a guy whose last name is Stalin, Stolen, S-T-O-L-O-N-S. I assume he is also a receptacle that carries sperm. I digress. Once the Stalin, Stolens have developed, they depart from their worm and join each other in the open water where they breed and die. So wait, wait, hold up. So their gonads detach, go to a giant rave, have sex, and then die. And they don't even have to leave. They're just, I'm hanging out, I'm chilling here in my host sponge. You uh, go tear shit up. And their dick puts on a hat and heads off to a rave without them and procreates. Is That's that right? Unnerving. Yeah. Weird. In a sense, the Stalins, Stolens, Stolens. When I say Stalin, you know, I just picture very stern, unfriendly Russians. I don't know. I have Russian listeners. I have many apologies. I, my best to the Ukraine. Live miniatures uh, live on their own. However, as the researchers say, the receptacles <laughs> all have their own eyes and brains. What? The researchers also say these brains are connected via nervous systems to the rest of the Stalin Stalins so they can navigate them to their mating destination. Wait, are they fucking themselves? Which is in a very, very weird way kind of beautiful. Well, I cancel this article. I don't understand. Wait, open and they die in a sense of miniature lives of their own. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. All right, what's next? Yes, let's find something new here. I remember something about 
dinosaur buttholes. Oh, goodness. Yes. No, really. Scientists reconstructed a dinosaur's butthole. So uh, you have me on speaker. Turn me off speaker. You can't get good help today, people. You just can't get good help. Normal. Here we go. You there? I'm here. All right. We are professionals, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake. So (laughs) a team of researchers... That is the most umbrella statement, a team of researchers. You know, I mean, you and I read a book, we're researchers. So that's what I wanted to say. Anytime we post something about we're doing something, a team of researchers has just entered the area. (laughs) A team of researchers has just announced the first ever reconstruction, which is in quotes, by the way, God help us all, of a Psittacosaurus. Sure. Phil. The reconstruction of a Psittacosaurus's cloaca. Yes, that's right. The thing that does everything. That is the dinosaur's all-purpose hole. It says that. It... (laughs) 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 The all-purpose hole. How long before they make a fleshlight out of this dinosaur's cloaca? At least uh, no longer than a week. You can get zombie ones. That's it's anyway. Back to the all-purpose hull. I I can't wait to use that phrase more. (sighs) Used for urinating, defecating, mating, and laying eggs. It's a lot like a. That's a busy hole. That's a busy hole. Have you seen the fleshlight that lays eggs in you? Shut up. Yeah, well, it's like it's a dildo, but it lays alien eggs. And they're like these silicone blobs. So you can, it's like they're impregnating you or something. You have to look it up. Just look dildo and eggs. I mean, I normally I would never advise someone to look that up, but you would be funny. I wonder how many ER nurses have had to remove silicone alien eggs. I, I, that was always my favorite thing when I was a kid and I'd get dropped off at the hospital waiting for mom to get done work. You were impregnated by aliens? Crazy, no, hearing about the crazy shit they would encounter in the ER was oh, just yeah. fascinating. You know, yeah. A list of things they would be stuck up dudes' butts, butts alone. Right. Baseball bats and baseball light bats. and shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Man, All I'm a quitter. Tennis racket and tennis racket. His swing was impeccable. And play tennis at the same time. Back to the all-purpose hole. Uh, the researchers also say the dinosaur's cloaca, I'm still telling you that that is a, a, an electronic music band name. I mean, I can just hear it. It's, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen on the main stage, cloaca! Boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and all that. Anyway, it may have had large lobes around it. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Huge lobes. Looks like an Arby sandwich. Like a sleeve you know, of a wizard. I'm sorry. Do you have horsey sauce to go with this? Oh, no, I'm a terrible person. All right. So dinosaur cloaca with giant labia around it, which would have harbored musky scent glands. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I believe I dated her in 92. <laughs> Could have been 93. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Well, I can't say her name on air. I Yeah. Yeah, her. Boing, boing. <laughs> I can't even with this article. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Boing, boing picked up on the fresh dino reconstruction. <laughs> boing, boing. Uh, boing, boing. Boing, boing. What the fuck up. is a boing, boing? What are you know. reading? Boing, boing picked up on the fresh dino reconstruction with the researchers described in a paper published by the journal Current Biology. I still don't know what a boing boing is. I don't know, but I want a pet monkey that sits on my shoulder and his name needs to be boing boing. Yes. Well, I did an episode about wang wang, but he never sat on anyone's shoulder, I don't think. But I, the team looked at a fossil of a psittacosaurus and extrapolated out from its shape and exceptionally intact integument the dinosaur's tough outer layer of scales, a visualization of multifunctional outlet. The fuck is that sentence? Uh, scaly, all-purpose hole with large lobed flaps and a musky scent. Yeah, 90s. <laughs> it was quite of a looker. It looks like a giant bipedal platypus. That's odd. You'll have to go in and look in there. Um, I'm looking at it now. What's up with not that? Not you, the there? listeners. <laughs> it has, uh, it, it's got those horns under its jaw, like the freaking, uh, there's things on Hoth that they stuck Luke into. I thought that was its warm. lips. With, are they lips? They look like, they, those are horns, homie. Zoom in. There's like two. Well, where's the lips? <laughs> I don't think it has lips. I think it has like a beak. Is that brown thing on the on its tail or its butthole would be the cloaca? Did they actually color in the cloaca on this little color thing? And what is ew, what is the spray coming off of it? Or is that's I think that's like feathers, buddy. Oh. Well that's feathers on top of its tail. Yeah, is that what that they're feathers? If you look at its head, it's got like a it, it looks like a almost like a turtle's face. And then it has these two funky-looking, like, elongated chocolate chip-looking horns that stick out from each cheek it underneath its jaw. odd-looking critter. I, honest, it really I, is, man. Those are feathers? It looks like if Bob Ross painted urine. <laughs> you know, for all we know, it, maybe it pissed out of the top of its tail through a bunch of holes. Who knows? Because this is your painting. You can... Put in anything that you'd like. I think I'm going to put a golden shower over here. Maybe it'll have a little friend. I call hey, did this you do one a show Brenda. on him? I heard he used to be like a crazy military sniper or some shit. Yeah, no, that wasn't true. He was in like the Air Force. He was like a mechanic or something. They used to say that about uh, Mr. Rogers, too. Oh, am I thinking of kidding? Oh, well, I yeah, am. you are thinking of kidding, which is another good show, people, if you have showtime. I love the oh, new yeah. Jim Carrey one, but uh, again, let's let's. Uh, I, all right, let's finish this one up, and then we can talk about Bob Ross. I noticed a cloaca several years ago. I was sitting at 
the full moon bar and I was having a cocktail and the cloaca walked in. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I noticed the cloaca several years ago after we had reconstructed the color patterns of this dinosaur using a remarkable fossil, dot, 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 which clearly preserves its skin and color patterns, obviously. Dr. Jacob Vinther, the study's lead author, said in a Pwethwilith, it took a long while before we got around to finish it off because no one had ever cared about comparing the exterior of cloaca openings of living animals, so it was largely uncharted territory. How did he make that sound so dirty? <laughs> took a while before we got around to finishing it off. No one had ever cared about comparing the exterior of cloaca openings of living animals. Oh, you're a doctor? What are you a doctor? So it was largely well, uncharted. My he sounds like a 1930s detective you need to have like jazz music behind it and it's like one of those diary entries entries <laughs> it was tuesday it was midnight took a long while before we got around to finishing it off because no one had ever cared about comparing cloacas that's once uh, again apparently this was a small dinosaur it says it was the size of a labrador it got some labrador in it I had a chase of million years old yeah my, yeah, my dog, man, chased it around with a baggie for like a week, man. It really blew his mind. The fossil, yeah, Labrador-sized dinosaur, or was it the size of actual Labrador? It was like, you know, several miles across. No, okay. That lived around 100 million years ago, providing a jump-off point for Vinther's colleague, Robert Nichols. I mean, Nichols, a, paleonto a paleo artist. Now people are just making shit up. What do you do? I'm a paleo artist. I only draw in paleo. I paint dinosaurs. That's right. It's I all low carb. When I was two. <laughs> when I was two. To illustrate the cloaca, Dr. Diane Kelly, an expert on vertebrate penises and copulatory systems, end quote. <laughs> what is happening? They're just making up these jobs. I am a vertebrate penis expert. I, she gets paid like 120 G a year to be an expert in dinosaur penises. Not all dinosaur penises, but a very specific one. Uh, vertebrates in general. <sighs> Us. She's an expert in penis. I need her on the show immediately. <laughs> I want to know what it is to be a vertebrate penis expert. Oh, uh, vertebrate penis. Okay, vertebrate, I what you're saying. Vertebrate penises and copulatory systems. So she just studies junk. She's a junk scientist. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, she needs to be interviewed, buddy. Yeah, I got a Diane Kelly coming for you. You need to be on the show because I, I have a lot of questions. We found the cloaca does look different in many different groups of tetrapods. Has this guy ever had sex with a woman? I mean, we, we can't believe it, but vaginas look different. Oh my God. Cloaca does look different in many different groups of tetrapods, but in most cases, it doesn't tell you much about an animal's sex. Okay. Kelly added in the press release, 
She notes the distinguishing physiological features of dinosaur sex are usually kept inside their cloaca, hence there is no fossil evidence of what they were. Luckily for anyone now fascinated with the cloaca, it is now unique to dinosaurs. And Oh, it's not unique to dinosaurs. In fact, it's present in all amphibians, reptiles, birds, elasmobranch fishes, such as sharks, rays, and skates, and even in some mammals like moles. Mm, skates are tasty. What are you, you unwrapping a uh, turkey dinner over there, or...? No. <laughs> I'm no. stuffing my face. Oh, okay. Other, along with its other distinctive uses, the authors also say the Psittacosaurus uh, cloaca may have been used for reproductive signaling, knowing that at least some dinosaurs were signaling to each other gives paleontologists exciting freedom to speculate on a whole variety of now plausible interactions during dinosaur courtship. Does it say how they signal? Uh, yeah, like a, I like would a assume musk, musk scent thing, or did they slap their flaps together? No, I would assume that they did that little pointy thing that uh, the bartender does on Love Boat when they go to him. <laughs> they just. They do like little finger guns in one in each hand and wink. What's up, baby? You uh, want to copulate before we all go extinct? I've got a what did they call it? A multi-use a a multi-use butthole. I gotta go. What the hell was that? It was a multi-purpose <laughs> all-purpose hole. Oh my God, that, that was the best article yet. All right, let's see. What do we have next? And then we'll let you find people go on with your lives and try and get this hour we're taking from you back. <laughs> Never. How about we stay on topic and go to pigs and mice are found that they can breathe through their anus. Sure their anus not your anus you can't breathe through a planet everyone knows that anuses i know it's in here it is so pigs and mice can breathe through their anuses once again matthew hart is up at a very morning hour of 5 32 a.m once again writing about butts so a team of scientists aiming to address an overwhelming clinical need for ventilators and artificial lungs has performed a series of oxygen experiments on pigs, rats, and mice in order to see if the mammals could breathe from another orifice aside from their mouths and noses. Oops, my computer just totally took it. My bad, we're a professional outfit, ladies and gentlemen. The scientists deprived them of oxygen, then fed O2 in through their anus. Um, you know, this makes sense because people <laughs> boof alcohol and mushrooms and other things, boof yeah. beans, stick it up your butt. Oh, I you was get, not aware. It, it absorbs into your bloodstream very, very quickly. So Wait, is that why her sense. name was Boof? Oh, no, Boof, I think, is also like a... Wasn't that the girl's name in Teen Wolf? 
It was B- boof. Oh, boof! I remember to, boof. Boof yeah. used to be a term for like your chick friend that wasn't super hot, but she wasn't. Oh, really? I just like, remember it for like leader. butt sex. I totally forgot about that. You drug up the eighties, man. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was distracted by boof. Uh, drugs and alcohol up your anus. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it is. It is absolutely feasible because, but. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume you could absorb that. But the scientists showed the anus-fed oxygen kept some animals alive and say this method may help people one day. Uh, I don't know if I want to live all that bad. I mean, go in there and get oxygen blown up your ass. It's better than a vent. They just give it to you. Oh, I see. Like if something was wrong with your lungs... So you had COVID in the right. hospital and the ventilator wasn't working. They could stick oxygen up your butt. That actually I, makes a lot of sense. I think it makes more sense to me to just constantly have you on oxygenated blood drip. Because I know they can do that. They can oxygenate blood so they could give you the oxygenated blood. Right. Cuts out the middle, man. But I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. This is very interesting. I it is kind of interesting. Smoke up my ass. Uh, right, right. I'm, I used to know where that originated from and what that was about, but it's gone. But uh, artificial respiratory support plays a vital role in clinical management of respiratory failure. Blah blah blah. Although the side effects and safety need to be thoroughly evaluated in humans, <laughs> pleasure. Our approach may offer a new paradigm to support critically ill patients. Well, no, that's fascinating. Um, In one instance, artificial respiratory support consists of supplying a subject with O2 gas or an oxygenated liquid intrarectally. Oh, yeah, so they could give you a uh, a, uh, oxygenated, like, enema. Liquid enema. Yeah, weird. Or they could just put it in your vein. In the tests using the pleurofluoro chemicals, the O2 gas, the oxygen-deprived animals remained alive longer than they would have otherwise. With gas ventilation, the scientists say 75% of their test mice survived otherwise lethally low oxygen levels for 50 minutes, no less. Now, survived. I mean, were they brain dead but yet survived, or were they functioning? Good question. Lethal states. But I guess at this point, it's just, look, well, they're not dead. Let's start there. Well, anyway, that's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't say they breathe through their assholes. It's just they absorb that. Well, that's fascinating. Amazing what they can do nowadays. So I wonder if there's any merit to sunning your butthole. Have you seen that? Trend. Oh, I've I've heard of the trend. I I would think in in part there ha- it has to be at least plausible whether it's actually a noticeable effect because I mean you can absorb it through your skin as it is and you have more skin than butthole seems kind of silly but I don't know if they want to stand on their head, pointing their anus at the sun. Who am I to tell them? No, <laughs> me, unless next it's time I go hike. Next time I go hiking with my ex, I'm going to bust it out. 
It's going to be like, hang on a sec. I need to uh, take a medical break and drop trout, jumble my back, spread my legs out wide. I'm sunning my butthole. She might like it. She might. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, bang out one of these here and uh, enough of this article crap. <laughs> enough of this damn article. And it's actually not by Matt. How wonderful. Meet Earbot, a hybrid robot using a dead locust ear to hear. So this is fascinating. So evidently they uh, created kind of a robot that can hear through a dead locust ear, if you can wrap your head around that. So the bot, which we learned about from, you guessed it, Boing Boing, is the handiwork of a Tel Aviv University team. Evidently not a research team. It's a Tel Tel Aviv University team. Through a recent press release, they described the process of building a hearing robot with an insect part. The ear of a recently deceased locust was kept alive in a chamber on the robot, replacing the previous electronic microphone. Weird. Oh, it's an insect cyborg. Yeah, because what could go wrong with an insect cyborg? So a supply... Um, no, wait, wait, we're up here. So it's uh, this bot... Oh, no, we read all that. Iconic microphone. Oh, a supply of oxygen and food keep the organ going for use. The system helps Earbot both detect and respond to vibrational sound like hand claps. A short video is here if you guys want to check it out and uh, see what that's all about. But it's uh, for the sake of comparison, a laptop consumes about 100 watts per hour, while the human brain concern consumes about 20 watts a day. Nature is much more advanced than we are, so we should use it. The princi principle we have demonstrated can be used and applied to other senses, such as smell, sight, and touch. For example, some animals have amazing abilities to detect explosives or drugs. The creation of a robot with a biological nose, oh, here it comes, could help us preserve human life, right? It's military. And identify criminals in a way that is not possible. Value papers. Some animals know how to detect diseases. Others can sense earthquakes. The sky was the limit. So, yeah, all right. So now they can, you know, make insect cyborgs. And this is, you know, how praying mantises must have been made. Weird, man. That's creepy, dude. Yeah, so we'll end it with a uh, a funny one and then we can do whatever because I, I if it's not florida it's fucking texas man i, I i'm michael walsh it's, it's not mad again texas this was from back in february texas puts out amber alert for chucky the killer doll <laughs> the amber alert system which broadcasts emergency information to the public about missing and abducted children is used everywhere in the united states that includes all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and most U.S. territories. 27 other countries also employ it, but the system was first used by broadcasters and police in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in 1996. So, I, And that fact makes uh, like a recent mistake all the more embarrassing. So Texas accidentally put out an amber alert for Child's Play movie star Chucky. And his murder-loving son, Glenn. I must be really behind. Oh, I remember the kid. Didn't he have it with one of those sisters? What were the... 
What were those actress sisters that were? I don't know, buddy. I, I honestly, I only saw the first one and part uh, of Bride of Chucky, and that was it. They're those Scream Queen sisters that are in everything, except for the one sister that was in Agnes of God. I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, the one that played Bride of Chucky. What's her yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I guess that's who he had the, the kid with. But anyway, uh, CBS Dallas-Fort Worth reported on a killer story that is also hilarious, making it a perfect, though inadvertent, tribute to Child's Play franchise. Officials in Texas sent out an amber alert for the iconic killer doll on January 29th, which we first heard about at Gizmodo, and they did it three different times over the course of the day. The very real alert that went out to the public included pictures Chucky last seen at a real address in Henderson, Texas, was listed as a 28-year-old man with red and auburn hair, blue eyes, standing 3 foot 1 tall and weighing 16 pounds, wearing blue denim overalls with a multicolored striped long-sleeve shirt. The Amber Alert warned citizens Chucky was also wielding a kitchen knife. That's a real accurate description, save for the omission of the fact that Chucky is a, you know, a sentient doll that feels kind of important. Uh, so it had the description and then uh, everything for Chucky's abducted son, Glenn. And uh, Glenn was from Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky preceded oh, I'm sh- or then Texas. i is what a cloaca of chucky citizens learned that not actually kidnapped child was five years old weighing six pounds with red or auburn hair blue eyes standing two foot three was last seen wearing a blue shirt with black collar we also might have mentioned he is basically a killer talking ken doll you know for identification purposes but uh, obviously, we're pretty sure Chucky and Glenn are not real. So how did both get included on an official alert? The, the, te- the Texas Department of Public Safety responded to media questions by saying, this alert is a result of a test malfunction. We apologize for the confusion this may have caused and are diligently working to ensure this does not happen again. I assume somebody was fired and put this out as a big F you. I have like, I can see like, Cheech grabbing the microphone and like typing the thing out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> oh, did you hear about that camel beauty pageant? Mm. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're getting like, <laughs> they got in trouble because, uh, they were getting cosmetic surgery for the camels to make them more attractive. Oh, no. Like, you know, Botox in the lips and <laughs> shit you not. You didn't hear about that? No. Jesus no. Christ. Authorities had discovered dozens of breeders had injected camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger. So apparently in Dubai, Saudi authorities have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contestants that received Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups. The state-run Saudi press agency reported Wednesday with over 40 camels disqualified from their annual pageant. 
Saudi Arabia's popular King Abdulaziz Camel Festival, which kicked off earlier this month, invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels to compete for $66 million in prize money. Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive are strictly prohibited. Jurors. I, <laughs> there's a job I don't want. I don't want to be a juror at a camel beauty, beauty contest. What is happening? Jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's heads, necks, humps, dress, and postures. Is there a bikini part in this? I want there to be <laughs> judges at the month long festival in the desert northeast of the Saudi capital, Riyadh, are escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels. The official news agency reported using specialized and advanced technology to detect tampering. <laughs> These aren't real, are they? This year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels, used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, injected camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax their faces. The club is keen to halt too big boy. <laughs> oh my god. The club is keen to halt all acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels. The SPA report said, adding organizers would impose strict penalties on manipulators. The Camel Beauty Contest is at the heart of the massive carnival, which also features camel races camel sales, and other festivities known the world through, typically showcasing thousands of dromedaries. The extravaganza seeks to preserve the camel's role in the kingdom's Bedouin tradition and heritage, even as the oil-rich country plows ahead with modernizing mega-projects. The Camel Beauty Contest. Yep. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. But in the end, it was a really a year of UFO. So I'm really I'm excited to see where that's gonna go. See what hey, they've have got. You, have you heard about that old lady blind mystic from some gypsy village in <laughs> no. I don't know, Armenia or something that Baba Yaga or something like that. Baba Yaga? No, not Baba Yaga. It's, <laughs> I've read many articles about it. She's like the modern day Nostradamus. Get out. Like she she was as a little kid, um, she was sucked up into the air during a tornado. Mm, as one does. Came flying to the ground and was buried under stuff. And when they found her, she had all this mud and stuff caked in her eyes. So she's blind. But ever since then, she's been having these visions. Oh, wow. And they recorded all of her prophecies down. And she's been right. According to the articles that I've sure. read and the stuff I've seen on History Channel, she's right much more often than not. Hmm. And she talks about a lot of unusual stuff getting ready to happen in 2022. Uh, aliens I, being one of them uh, intelligent it's, life it's sure leading up to that i think i mean there's something oh, yeah. i mean they're 
to just all of a sudden just be like, oh yeah, here's some like shit we don't understand. Now, I've heard some theories, you know, where they're just like, one, we could be just saying it's ours and we could just be putting it out there going, hmm, yeah, I don't know who this is. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like, look what we have. Or it could be the Chinese, could be theirs, and we just don't know it. But Adam Garightly brought up the the uh, suggestion. He's just like, look, in today's modern technology, you can't tell me that we don't know exactly where an earthbound vehicle is taking off and landing anywhere on the planet. Right. He's like, I read an article about Chinese spy satellites can zoom in on any target in the world one foot by one foot. Wow. With 4K resolution within 2.3 seconds. Wow. Samsung beat Sony again. But no, that is incredible. Yeah, I, right. I would think they're that good by now. I mean, I think that sounds plausible. But I now did you hear about the dolphins they found in a medieval graveyard? No. Yeah, this is uh, recent, I think. I think it was December, like early December. Um, they were doing a dig uh, in the English Channel, and uh, here it is. The researchers chanced upon a carefully cut grave hidden in the soil, the contents of which were not human. The discovery, discovery made on the small island of Chapelle d'Amhue off the coast of Guernsey in September of 2017, revealed the ancient remains of a medieval porpoise buried in the earth. And archaeologists were at a loss to explain the story behind this mysterious animal tomb. Oh, maybe it just washed up. It's very peculiar. I don't know what to make of it. Archaeologist Philip de Jersey of Oxford University in the UK told The Guardian, Why go to the trouble of burying a porpoise in what looks like a grave? Why not? The mystery is all the greater due to the way the animal was buried, which doesn't suggest the dead porpoise was simply disposed of underground. Instead, it looks like it's been laid to rest and the body aligned east to west per Christian traditions. And the careful digging of the grave itself suggests it was intended as a solemn resting place. For that reason, the Jersey expected to find the remains of a medieval monk in the tomb, as the island is thought to have been a religious retreat for monks seeking refuge. But after noticing changes in the soil, which indicated the likely existence of... Are you painting on a palette? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I had to... I had to come in and turn off the chicken tacos or they would burn. Oh, don't burn the tacos. No. It's possible that the porpoise was killed for food since these mammals were eaten in medieval times. But in that case, the researchers say it would have made a lot more sense for people to have disposed of the remains in the sea, located just 10 meters, 32 feet from the site. And the small island is surrounded by water on all sides. The small island is surrounded by water on all sides. They generally are. I, <laughs> if we were in a church and we found something like this based on the shape, we would think it was a grave cut, the jersey toe, blah, blah, blah. This is what puzzles me. If they had eaten it or killed it for the blubber, why take the trouble to bury it? 
One possibility is that the animal may not have been killed for food and carefully stored until it was needed. Oh, may have been killed for food and stored though it was needed, but the preserved remains were never used, they believe. It may have been packed in salt, then for some reason they didn't come back to it. It could be some... jerky. (laughs) The dolphin was a strong significance in Christianity, but I've not come across anything like this before. It's slightly wacky kind of thing that you might get this in the Iron Age, but not in medieval times. They also never expected the Spanish Inquisition. In a follow-up in late 2018, the Jersey told the BBC he now believed it was most likely the animal had indeed been stored for food purposes, but that we would probably never reach a definitive answer since so little is left. I suspect we will never know. Yeah. So, dolphin. What could be the porpoise of that? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, my gosh. All right. We've, uh, you'll never get this hour back, people. And I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Yeah. But, uh, you got anything else other than tacos waiting to be eaten? I sure don't, buddy. No, I got nothing. So uh, let's just uh, leave it at a nice short hour show here and let you people get on with your holiday. I would like to thank Sharon Burke for uh, subscribing. So if you're out there, Sharon, and you're listening, thanks. I really appreciate it. Subscribing really helps the show. And so uh, if you want to help the show, subscribe wherever your, your podcasts are bought and sold. And uh, that's a big help. You can all, We also have a YouTube channel, so you can go check that out. There will be more new things going on the YouTube channel once weather is a little better. And I can get. I have a whole list for this summer, so there will be some cool things coming up there. And Gary, will you be doing any more runs of shirts and jackets and stuff? Because I got fatter since the last time you did that <laughs> and nothing fits. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, I think uh, this summer I'm going to probably put something up somewhere. I was going to do it for this Christmas, and then I moved and everything got crazy and I never got to it because I want to do something with the new logo. So that will happen of some sort this summer. But cool. uh, I will put it up on the on the show when that happens. So if you're interested in getting some kind of merch or swag, then you can check that out. Uh, again, help out the show. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, all the shows automatically go to YouTube when they post wherever you get your podcast. So if it's more convenient to listen on YouTube, all the shows are there as well. And uh, that's really about all I got. So uh, everyone be safe and careful and get vaxxed or wear a mask or don't die whatever whatever makes you happy merry Um, new year merry new year and uh thanks for listening everybody i'm gonna uh go uh have a drink and uh get out of here dennis thank you for being on you got it brother and uh we'll talk to you guys very soon yes Follow Mr. Dollar, what you need, what you need, grab the trunk.
Yeah. 